What's up, Playlisters? Brian from Playlist Wars here. Just want to let you know that while this show is on hiatus, both Gomez and I have separate shows that are part of the Playlist Wars extended universe, if you will. Gomez has the Sleevy G Show, which you can find at SleevyGPodcasts.com. And I have a new show entitled My Weekly Mixtape, which you can find over at MyWeeklyMixtape.com. Both shows are also available on all podcast platforms just by searching Sleevy G Show or My Weekly Mixtape. And Playlist Wars will be back soon. Thank you guys so much for your continued support of the show. This is Leah from She Will Rock You Podcast, and you're listening to Playlist Wars. Let the battle begin. Welcome to Playlist Wars. I'm part of the Dynamic Duo. My name is Gomez, and I have my partner in crime and well, well, well-established co-host, Brian Colburn, with our special guest, Jim Santora from the Underrated Rock Book. Welcome, everybody. What's up? What's up? Hey, good evening, everyone. Jim, great to talk to you again, man. It's been a long time. It's been a little while, right? So uh, it's always always nice to talk to you and uh, looking forward to this. Uh, I got the gift of gab, so... Uh... So I'm, I'm ready to talk music at, at any time. So Yeah, and this is the first time uh, for the playlisters out there that we're having an author on. And if you haven't checked out Jim's book, The Underrated Rock Book, it's a lot of fun. He digs really deep and finds some amazing gems that you probably have forgotten about. Or if it's a band you love, you might have just overlooked because they truly are so, some great picks in there. And uh I'm wondering now I'm kind of curious to see if any of uh, those albums will sneak their way onto your top 1080s hard rock songs, Jim. Well, it, it was very interesting when I put my list together because I, I had to get in that frame mind of favorite songs as opposed to underrated songs because I, I started really getting muddled here for a little bit. So I don't I don't know if you'll see any. You may see a few bands that come in, but I don't know specifically uh, songs from albums that were on the underrated rock book. So, so, so we really seen. challenged you with this episode then. Yeah, up until about the last moment. And of course, all the rules and stuff that applied to what I was able to select made it made it a little bit more challenging as well. But uh, no, it was it was fun to pull this list together. And I'm sure after I go through my list, it's going to probably change again. I'll probably sit there and say, man, I should have put these other you know, uh, 10 songs on this list. But, you know, Jim, it is we, it is what it is. Jim, we call that the Gomez move. Flip-flopping <laughs> during the episode, as Brian likes to say it. I'm not going to lie. I've got my list written out, and underneath it, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight that I might swap in at any moment because I'll be honest, 80s hard rock is probably my favorite quote-unquote genre. Whether you include the hair bands or just hard rock in general, I feel like the 80s really personifies some of the best hard rock, at least from what I grew up with. So there's kind of a nostalgia effect to it. And hell, there's just so many great bands. And I feel ridiculously guilty already for some of the bands that I have not on the list. But then I say to myself, but how can I not include that? And we're going to get into a lot of that. So let's just get into it before we go any further here. Tonight, like I said, our topic is 80s hard rock. And the three of us have individually created a playlist with our top 10 favorites, none of which have been shared between the three of us prior to now. 
throughout the episode, we're each going to reveal our track ones through track tens one by one and craft what we each feel is the perfect 80s hard rock playlist. After the episode, we turn it over to you, the amazing playlisters, to vote at PlaylistWarsPodcast.com to decide once and for all which one of us got it right. And while you're at PlaylistWarsPodcast.com, you can also listen to each of our playlists, just in case you want to quote-unquote hear where we're coming from with our choices. Now, later on in the show, you know we'll each get to choose our one honorable mention song of the night, which has to be included on someone else's playlist. And finally, since this is a topic-themed episode, if a song comes up by a band or artist, even if you didn't pick that particular song, that would be the time to bring it up in conversation. So the chances for a crossover or a trifecta at the song level might be small, but we could very well see some band and artist crossovers and trifectas tonight. So with all that being said, Let's turn this up to 11. Jim, why don't you kick us off with your track one? Okay. Well, for track one, and when I put my list together, mine's kind of a chronological playlist, kind of going back to the beginning of the 80s to the end. So I'm going to start off with a band that was uh, one of my first uh, favorite bands growing up, and I'm going to go with Rush and Tom Sawyer. Now, of course, Rush, probably more known at the time as a prog rock band, but they did have some hard rock uh, elements and just the first time hearing Tom Sawyer and actually it was on like one of Casey Kasem's top 10 shows. I think it was like top 10 albums or something like that. And they had the video play for Tom Sawyer. And I was just, just amazed at just the, the talent that this band had. And I, and I had a run, get the album, the moving pictures album, and I just became a fan for life. And, um, so uh, my pick, number one uh, to start the playlist is uh, Rush and Tom Sawyer. That's a great pick, uh, Jim. I actually have Rush in my playlist, but I actually went with a different song. Uh, well, well, then let me cut you off, Gomez, <laughs> because I have Rush in my playlist, but I did not go with a different song. So while we're on Tom Sawyer. <laughs> Damn it, again. The, oh, I'm... hey, look, we got a band trifecta right off the bat. <laughs> I love this, but Tom Sawyer's my track nine, man. It reached number 44 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, and in 2009, it placed 19th on VH1's list of 100 Greatest Songs of Hard Rock. And Tom Sawyer was one of the five Rush songs inducted into the Canadian Songwriters Hall of Fame back in 2010. Now, like you guys know, I like to bring up cover versions when possible. Of course. There are really no good cover. There's there's a few out there that rock bands have tried, but you're never going to get to the level of awesome that rushes. However, movie reference here, Gomez, yes. 1998, Small Soldiers. Oh yes, yes, great movie. By the way, I love that movie. It, it, it was it was fun. It was kind of a kids movie. No, it was or- not, dude. You got toys that turn into killing machines because some idiot decided to put a a war uh, chip in their yeah. brains. Yeah, kids movie, kids movie, you know. <laughs> yeah, over over 13 people, over 13. I think that's why it was PG-13. Well, there's an interesting remix of the song done by DJ Z-Trip. Not better than the original, but totally worth the listen. And uh, I do want to shout out our friends Jason from the Made You a Mixtape podcast. Even though he didn't chime in with Tom Sawyer, maybe this is one that you did, Gomez. He chimed in with Marathon. Well, no, I did not. It was kind of funny. Rush was an easy band to pick, hard songs to pick, I should really say. Yeah, good point. They have a ton, a ton of great songs. And I went with their instrumental rock of YYZ. 
Oh, so yeah. I went something a little different on that. Now, what track number is that for you? Uh, that was actually track number two. I apologize. So track two rushed YYZ for me. I'll tell you, I know there were no words, but it was great instrumental rock. You don't hear that from bands these days. And I believe it was nominated for a Grammy for the best rock instrumental in 1982. I don't think they won, but I think they were nominated. So that was my number track two, Rush YYZ. Love it. So it was kind of a trifecta of a band and an album. So it's a great way to kick off the show. I love it. I love it. And obviously with our connection and our good friend Dom, who we've talked about on the show before, rest in peace. This being his favorite band, I think it's poetic that we got to start the night off by talking about it. So I think that's awesome. Great dedication to Dom. Yeah, big time. So Gomez, we're up to you for your track one. I actually had a hard time with this. And I went with Iron Maiden, Wasted Years on my track one. Ooh. So one thing I truly do like this song. And matter of fact, when you're like, Gomez, 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 before we started the episode, I was actually listening to the song again because (laughs) this is one of my favorite songs from them. And Brian, you know how I love my video games? And Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. It's not in Grand Theft Auto this time. No. Okay. It was actually in the video game Rock Band, which I actually do remember playing and kind of shredding the wonderful six-button guitar because that's the only thing I can play. No lie. (laughs) Since I really can't play guitar or bass or drums or anything else. (laughs) But truly a great song. Has some great lyrics to it. Just the way he sings it. It's got some passion. So track one, Iron Maiden, Wasted Years. But also, I want to give a big shout out to It's Me, Gina. She picked Iron Maiden, anything from them. Big shout out to her because it was uh, Iron Maiden on my track. Jim. Iron Maiden is not in my playlist, but that's a great song. I I do like uh, Wasted Years. It's a a great song in my opinion. You know, obviously did, did not make my list. I kind of attribute iron maiden to be more metal which is probably why they didn't they didn't actually make uh this list here i tried to kind of within the lines of hard rock but again it, it's kind of a coin flip of how you want to do it. it's kind of like rush are they a prog or, or are they uh are they a hard rock band right so but yeah it's it's a great choice uh no argument from me yeah and obviously i'm gonna have to echo that i consider iron maiden one of the founding fathers of metal music however they also do a lot of hard rock. I mean, I would genuinely call their latest album, Sinjitsu, more of a hard rock album, even more of a classic hard rock album with some prog elements. So as a band, I feel like you could totally use that. But to me, I had so many songs I wanted to cram in. Trying to find an excuse to pick one off was tough, and I I was able to use the metal excuse just to pull it out. But I I love Maiden, and that's a great pick. All right, so moving on to my track one, I'm just going to start by saying that during the few moments we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. And you're humming the guitar riff as we speak. The second single from 1988's Vivid, I'm going with Living Color, Cult of Personality. Reach number 13 on the Billboard Hot 100, number nine on the Billboard Album Rocks chart and won the Grammy Award deservingly for Best Hard Rock Performance at the 32nd Annual Grammy Awards. Music Video also won the MTV Music Award back when MTV played music videos for Best Group Video and Best New Artist. Let's be honest. It's one of the greatest hard rock opening guitar riffs of all time, period. And I couldn't think of a better way to kick off my playlist but that song. And I want to give a shout out to our friend Dave from the Beer in Front podcast 
Besides sending him a thank you for tonight's opening announcement, he also chimed in with this kick-ass tune. So track one, Living Color, Cult of Personality. Uh, great song. Uh, also, it was, uh, Brian, if you actually remember, we played this down at your house with the Wii on guitar, the original Guitar Hero. Yes, we did. And, uh, of course, I went to Expert where everyone was on, you know. But it was, was a great- on Novice. <laughs> you were on Novice. You were on I'd have, a better cha- I'd have a better chance of learning the actual riff of the song than playing it on a video game. I think, I think you said, hey, Gomez, why don't you try it on the guitar? And I'm like, <laughs> but great song. Actually, that could be my, my honorable mentions right there, Bri, already. Oh, all right, Jim. Yeah, I'm going to say that that is an excellent song choice. Uh, it actually brings me back to my college radio days. I do remember when uh, the Vivid album came out. It spent, in Cult of Personality in general, spent months in rotation in uh, College Music Journal, which was the charts for the college radio stations before it actually broke out on uh, MTV and then became a smash, you know, smash hit for the band. But it really took a long time. It was really college radio that really broke that. And uh, I still remember being on the college radio station and just uh, every show that we had. And we primarily did a lot of rock and hard rock. Uh, where uh, Living Color was was played just about by every DJ uh, during that time period. So, uh, yeah, definitely a great choice. But it did not make my playlist. All right. So with that being said, we are back to you for your track, too. Okay. Uh, you'll start seeing a pattern here. I'm going with another Canadian band here as my uh, second song in my playlist. Uh, the song is from a band known as Triumph. And from the Allied Forces album, it is Fight the Good Fight. And I do want to mention, I had a friend of mine, he passed away a few years ago, uh, but in my early days growing up, you know, uh, about 12 years old, bands like Rush and Triumph, uh, we used to play all these bands and and got into them at the same time. And and Fight the Good Fight was one of those songs where when you listen to it, the opening, you know, where it's kind of that quiet, uh, and then all of a sudden it kind of kicks in with the drums, uh, Rick Emmett's vocals. It's a tremendous song. And and first it was like it was outside of my top 10. But I was like sitting there like the more I started thinking about it, the more I was like, you know what? This was a song that, you know, I used to crank up in my uh, my old 77 Buick LeSabre uh, on cassette (laughs) uh, on a regular basis with the windows down cranked up. So uh, definitely uh, fight the good fight from Triumph is number two on my uh, playlist. Great song. Uh, It unfortunately did not make my list, um, but great pick. Yeah, that honestly, Triumph didn't even come on my radar. And as soon as you said it, I was like, what a great friggin' choice. Because when I thought about my my list, I was kind of bouncing all over the 80s. But for the most part, my songs kind of stuck to. And I guess maybe that's where I, I sit, because I felt like I was getting my musical education towards the late 80s when I was watching MTV in second and third and fourth grade. So a lot of my songs and my kind of the way I went came from that era. And then it wasn't until I got older that I went backwards. So that's a fantastic friggin' pick. Well, hold on. I got to ask you, what do you mean backwards? I'm sorry. I had to laugh the way you just said that. What do you mean by backwards? Like when I got older and I started exploring music that came out that wasn't on MTV. So I kind of went backwards into the early eighties, checking out bands that I might not have known yet because I wasn't as like music obsessed as I was from third grade on. No, I get you. Hey, listen, it took me somewhere in the mid 90s to go back to the 80s rock band scene. So you're right about that. 
and really triumph by the time, you know, they were pretty much broken up by, you know, the, the late eighties, early nineties, 1992, actually Rick Emmett had left the band. So, so there was really wasn't much going on in the, in the triumph camp during that time period, but you know, it, it's always nice to kind of go back and, and relive the classics for sure. Oh, by all means. Oh, yeah. Now Gomez, your yes. track two, as we said before, was Rush's YYZ. Yes, sir. So now we're on to my track two and this is one of those bands that I've talked about on Playlist Wars before. And I feel like, as a, I'll even throw this towards Jim, maybe not an underrated album, but as a band, I feel like the band as a whole is underrated. Big time. And I feel like they got unfairly lumped into the hairband scene. Maybe because, you know, on their first album, they kind of had the look. But there was so much talent to these guys that I felt it was almost un and, and not that I'm saying there's not a lot of talent in the hair metal scene, but musically, these guys are more of a bluesy hard rock outfit than I feel quote unquote hair metal. And I'm going with Cinderella and with the band, I'm going to go with the opening and title track from their 1986 debut night songs. Ooh. Mm. This yes. was a tune that was never released as a single, but it's remained in their live show stable ever since the album's release. It's my one of my favorite songs from the band. It just kicks you in the gut with the opening punch and the slide guitar that Tom Kiefer's you know incorporating into this really kind of groove-oriented hard rock track. It's the perfect kind of second song of the night because you kind of want to get everybody up and into it like you are with cult of personality and then you want to get that song that just gets everybody's heads bobbing up and down and this is that track for me cinderella night songs track two i also want to give a shout out to our friend cactus pete who wrote in with cinderella only he went with gypsy road another one of my favorites by them i could do a whole cinderella episode for the record but night songs track two uh great pick uh I actually had Cinderella in my honorable mentions. If it, if we were doing a 15 track list, it was number 13 for me that the opening title. Okay. Um, it was difficult to put it into the rotation where I kind of, I'm all over the place with my song list, which kind of works for me. You see, you've seen after how many episodes, Brian, 29 episodes we've done. You see, I'm all over the place when it comes to my music. So I could not put it on. It was difficult, but I, I made a choice again, back to back shows. I stuck to my list. I didn't change anything. Wow. Okay. Okay. I, I appreciate your gusto holding on to the list. I like that. It's difficult. Confidence. <laughs> <It's> confidence. <laughs> Thank you. Jim, Cinderella. Cinderella was actually in my top 10 for about a minute. And then they Ooh. they slid out. I'm going to say they were probably, they're definitely within my my top 15. I, uh, my song I would have gone with actually was The Last Mile because I think that song is just a tremendous uh, song from Long Cold Winter, but Night Songs, I, I, I agree. Like you know, that song starts off uh, the Night Songs album, and just you know, the rest of it is just totally killer. Uh, I still remember when that album first came out, and um, you know, I, I recently grabbed on CD the entire Cinderella set, so it was great to sit there and you know pull out that Night Songs album and 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 hear that opening track because it it definitely is a killer for sure. Man, Jim, I knew we were uh, we were friends for a reason. I kid you not. <laughs> I was choosing between two Cinderella songs and it was night songs in the last mile. Those are my two favorite Cinderella songs off of night train. I'm sorry. Off of night songs is night songs off of long cold winter is the last mile. So, I mean, 
I was going back and forth with those two. And yeah, I just went with night songs, but I nothing against the last mile. I friggin' love that song. Yeah. Hey, I, Brian, did you drink the night train again? No, I did not. I drank <laughs> the night songs. <laughs> All right, Jim. Oh, we're back to you for track three. All right. Track number three. This, this is actually a band that in the underrated rock book, I actually have them listed. If you go to the back of the book, I have a list of 10 artists that I think are criminally underrated uh, or unappreciated. Uh, and this one uh, at number three, uh, the band is Zebra. And if you, and, and I, I, don't, I didn't do this on purpose, but the first three bands on my list all were three pieces. Uh, not intentional. I'm, not, I'm just looking at it now and can't believe I pulled that together. Uh, the song is Who's Behind the Door from their debut uh, album, the self-titled album. and this is another one like fight the good fight and even Tom Sawyer, like you listen to these songs and you know, at the beginning it's kind of the, the jangly kind of guitar work, Randy Jackson's vocals and just where he's kind of all over the place. He can kind of be kind of that light melodic. And then he goes into those, um, you know, Robert plant style highs and you know, all the other craziness and prog stuff that kind of goes on at the end of the you know towards the uh the mid to the uh the end of that song uh it, it's it's a tremendous song i've always felt this is a band that criminally was underrated uh for as talented as they as they are because they still they still play today but that is my number three it's zebra and who's behind the door wow that's a good pick i did not pick anything from zebra though but awesome pick on that one I like where you're going with your list, Jim. This is these are two like Triumph and Zebra aren't ones you automatically think of when you think hard rock. To me, I would have had a hard time choosing between the one you picked and Tell Me What You Want. Yeah, I think they're both fantastic tunes. So, uh, unfortunately, they didn't make my list, but I, I love where you went with the pick. Yeah, it, it was a toss up between that that song, Who's Behind the Door, and the other song was uh, Take Your Fingers from My Hair which is also from that first record and other, another tremendous song. But yeah, at the end I had to go with who's behind the door. Awesome. Awesome. So Gomez, we are back to you for your track three. So track three, I went somewhere a little fun. One of my all time favorite comedies. And I know Brian, you're thinking Caddyshack too. No, it's not. <laughs> it's up there though, but it is in, in 1987 Mel Brooks movie. Brian, I think you know where I'm going with this one. I know exactly what you're going with this one. Spaceballs, Spaceballs the movie. <laughs> and I would raise your hand from Bon Jovi from the 1986 Slippery When Wet album. Let me tell you, a true good metal band song that really wants to make you jump up and down, raise your hand. But also, if you have that long hair and you're able to twist it around, good for you because I can't do that. I have no hair. <laughs> Whoever knows me. I love this song. Uh, always reminds me of the movie every time I hear it. And it's always hearing barf, barf, always when I'm eating, <laughs> you know, and I always love that. It's just it was a perfect part of that movie and truly a great song, too. I mean, you know, the the opening guitar riff when you're hearing it, it's just great. So track three, Bon Jovi, Raise Your Hand, Slippery With Wet, 1986 album. I can't hear that opening riff and not picture a flying Winnebago. That, too. Believe it or not, even being from New Jersey, I might have to cash in my hard rock card for this one, but I didn't have Bon Jovi on my list. They're on my like list of songs at the bottom, but right. they didn't crack the top 10. And I, I could have picked probably five or six songs worthy to crack the top 10, and I just didn't. And mm. 
damn, but I love the pick. Thank you. Jim? Thank you. Yeah, I, Bon Jovi was one of those ones. Uh, if we were having this conversation, maybe, I don't know, at the end of the 80s into the 90s, I, I would say that Bon Jovi would have made a list, but they've kind of fallen out of favor over time, in my opinion. So they didn't make my top 10. No, I would say if I if I did have them on a list anywhere, the song that I would have chosen was uh, In and Out of Love from uh, 7800 oh, Degrees Fahrenheit. That's yep. uh, probably my, my favorite Bon Jovi song. But uh, yeah, unfortunately... Uh, they do not make the top 10. All right. So now we're moving on to my track three. And like Cinderella, there's one other band that I feel was unfairly lumped into the quote unquote hair metal scene. These guys are a straight up hard rock, classic hard rock band, I think would be the word I'd use to describe them. This song reached number 13 on the Billboard mainstream rock songs. And it was the lead single from 1989's the great radio controversy. I'm going with Tesla, Heaven's Trail, No Way Out. Hmm. When you talk about hard rock slide guitar perfection, this song just has this swampy groove to it. And the chugging guitars, this song is just a fantastic grinding hard rock song. And I feel like Tesla is so underrated because everyone, when you say Tesla, they automatically go to, oh, the acoustic cover of Signs. No, that was an acoustic show. That album happened to kind of break them more mainstream. But the two albums before that are, I mean, and everything they've done outside of the acoustic albums are they're just a pure classic hard rock band. And I wish more people talked about them the way they do some of the other mainstream hard rock bands of the 80s. So, yeah, it's my track three, Tesla, Heaven's Trail, No Way Out. I, I sorry, I, until a week ago, I never knew there was a band called Tesla. I always think of the car. Oh, (laughs) so, but that's one thing I like what we do here because it opens up your ears to other bands, you know, other groups to listen to. And I would say I only heard maybe one or two of their songs, but I kind of want to hear a little bit more just to get a more feel for them. And hearing this one, Brian, I will actually take a listen to it though. All right, Jim. First of all, I'm going to say that is a great track. Uh, Heaven's Trail. It did not make my my list, but I, t- I tell you what, now that you've mentioned it, I'm I'm sitting here going, man, it, it could have possibly bumped something out of my top 10. And I also got a soft spot for Tesla because uh, I actually was uh, was in a band that actually got to open up for Tesla back in 2006 at the uh, House of Blues or the former House of Blues in, uh, in Atlantic City. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's so, so cool. yeah, so so there's that my, my my Tesla moment, but uh and I still remember when I was in college when that uh, when Great Radio Controversy came out. I still remember we played the heck out of that album too and and in Heaven's Trail. But yeah, that's that's a great that's a solid choice. Awesome. So with that being said, Jim, we are back to you, track 4. Okay, track 4 and surprisingly not a three-piece band in my number 4. <laughs> uh and actually not necessarily obviously not a not considered a a hair metal artist um but definitely bordered on that hard rock uh, classic rock sound and i'm talking about billy squire and from the um uh, i think I believe it's this uh, emotions in motion album uh the song learn how to live and i was a fan of billy squire don't say no uh or uh, you know uh, you know that stuff like the stroke and um lonely as a night like i was all into like billy squire and then emotions in motion came out and i still remember hearing you know i had the album but i still remember uh, at least in in my area where i lived uh radio station playing learn how to live and and automatically that that became my my favorite song it's just 
there's something different about that song and just how the, the feeling I get when like Billy's singing that song. Uh, and then, you know, musically, it just all kind of comes together. And uh, it's always been a favorite uh, Billy Squire song of mine. So it lands at number four on my list. That's actually a good pick. It did not make my list at all, unfortunately. Well, playlister Chael wrote in Billy Squire's The Stroke. So I wanted to chime in with that one because Billy Squire is 80s hard rock personified. Like if you think about those two albums, Emotions and Emotion and... um don't say no for me i love the stroke however in the dark to me is probably my favorite billy squire song and i don't feel like that one gets much love at all and it's such a fantastic tune to open that album i absolutely love that tune it's a fantastic pick unfortunately i didn't go in that direction because mine leaned more towards the later 80s as i'm really looking at this now and kind of figuring out but great pick man thank you Gomez, we're back to you yes, for track sir. four. So track four, I went, like you said, Brian, I, there's a lot of songs, a lot of great songs. And I chose a band that if every when I say it, everyone already knows the name of the song I went with. And it was one of the more popular ones. But I went with White Snake. Here I go again. Song was written uh, from the British rock band White Snake. was originally on their 1982 album, Saints and Sinners. It was probably one of their best power ballads. Um, it reached number one, uh, Billboard 100 in 1987. And everybody remembers the music video. Uh, oh, my God. What was her name? Tony uh, Contains. Th- Tony Contain. Thank you. Everyone remembers that video. What can you say about that video? <laughs> but it was in a lot of movies and a lot of shows. Let's start off with Cobra Kai. Season two, episode eight, when Johnny's dreaming about Miguel's mom. If anybody was watching Cobra Kai, everyone saw that part. Uh, the fighter. Not, you t- just spoiled the show for them, though. <laughs> well, whoops. Don't worry. It's episode eight. It's not the last episode. <laughs> the fighter in 2002. I still know what you did last summer, 1998. Old school in 2003. And another Will Ferrell movie, Talladega Nights, uh, Ricky, The Legend of Ricky Bobby. So this song has hit everywhere from 1987 on, as you can see, on movies and everything. And it's truly a great power ballad. Track four, White Snake, Here I Go Again. Love the pick. I had Still of the Night bouncing in and out of my playlist and ended up getting bumped, but is literally sitting in the 11th spot right now. I I love that first album, or at least, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. I love that self-titled album. In my universe, that was my introduction to White Snake. I didn't even know they were a band prior to hearing Still of the Night and Here I Go Again. So I love the pick. Unfortunately, I obviously love the video, but that did not make my my track list. Jim, who doesn't love the video? You know, "Still of the Night" was a song that actually today I was I was going down a road and I'm sitting there uh, listening to some tunes and I was like, you know, "Still of the Night" was a was an excellent song and you know it probably would be in my top fifteen. It, it, it did, unfortunately did not make my uh, top ten. And actually, that album, that White Snake album, and "Still of the Night," the song "Still of the Night." was my not necessarily my first introduction because I think I had heard the song slide it in like a year prior on like a metal show on the radio. So to actually hear that and and just how great that album is, it's a great album and it, and that's a great song. Uh, unfortunately, it's not on my list. And I also want to send a shout out to our friend Jeff Scoble, who also wrote in with Still of the Night when we talked about it on Twitter. And if you're on Twitter, you can join us at Playlist Wars and kind of get in the conversation with us. 
So moving on to my track four here, I'm going to go with a song that was ranked in 2009 as the 54th best hard rock song of all time. And it reached number nine on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. There's some people that mistakenly call this band a one-hit wonder, but they're much bigger than this one song. But this is the song that definitely broke them out and proved to everybody that they were, ahem, the real thing. From 1989's The Real Thing, I'm going with Faith No More, Epic. This song blew my mind when I first heard it. It was heavy. It was funky. It was melodic. It was weird. It was just something I'd never heard before. And it opened my my ears to different genres of music that I might not have given a chance had I not seen it on MTV. Gomez, I get to drop a video game reference here. I'm yes. sure it's been in a lot of games, but I'm actually going to go with an arcade game. If you remember Sports World in Paramus in North Jersey. Of course. They used to have a game there called Drum Mania, where you could yes. have to pull the sticks out and every time I went, I had to play this damn song. I absolutely had to play Faith No More's Epic. That is a great game. I remember that. I spent a lot of money on that, too. Yeah, that was an awesome game. I wish they still had it. It's, you know, it's not that hard to just load new tunes into it. It was a lot of fun. Anyway, I get to drop a movie reference here because we have two kids. We've recently seen on Netflix yesterday. And sure enough, this song is played during the movie, which I loved because it gave me an excuse to tell producer Allie about another band she hadn't heard. And then for cover versions, Atriu on certain editions of their 2007 album, Lead Sales Paper Anchor, do a good cover of it. And then in 2017, the Veer Union covered this as a digital single. Finally, shout out to playlister Chael again, who chimed in with this song as well. So my track four, Faith No More's Epic. Brian, what a hell of a pick. And that actually was my number 11. And another movie reference, this was probably one of the bad movies. In 1991, it was a movie called The Taking of Beverly Hills. Ken Wall is a heard of that. It was an action movie. You know, basically, he's a football player and a cop, LAPD cop. And they're trying to foil a mad billionaire's plot to loot the city with toxic spill scares. It was an interesting movie, but that song's in there when he's like running after the bad guy and pretty much like bulldozing and everybody out of his way. Like he was a true football player, which I don't think he was, but you know, he, he, unfortunately, I think he was wearing the New York Jets jersey. I think go figure, (laughs) (laughs) but great pick. I wish I had it in my track list though. It could be an honorable mention contender for you. I, I, I have three right now. This is very difficult already. All right, Jim. Yeah, that 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 is such a great song. Uh and that entire album was phenomenal as as well. Oh my god, Woodpeckers from Mars. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean there's uh, Fallen to Pieces is on there. I mean there's so many great songs from there. And, and and you know what we didn't realize at that time is that there were so many bands, you know, everybody kind of wants to usher in like that the whole Nirvana and grunge mus- movement was what the changing of the guard was. But really in those late 80s when you had bands like, you know, Faith No More and, and Living Color that was mentioned earlier and Jane's Addiction, you know, you, you had all these different bands that had all these different kind of sounds. And it was just only the beginning of what was going to take shape in, in the 90s. So but yeah, Faith No More was uh, was an absolutely tremendous band and a, and a great pick. And and yeah, not in my top 10, but uh, I'll tell you what, <laughs> right now I would it, it may be it may be my uh, honorable mention for sure. 
Awesome, awesome. So, Jim, with that being said, we're right back to you for track five. Okay, well, for track five, I actually just I just changed the song last minute. So you pulled a Gomez. I pulled, I pulled, pulled, the, a, Gomez. I pulled a Gomez. I kept the band, but I changed the song. I'm a huge fan of the band Dokken and, you know, going all the way back to hearing Breaking the Chains for the first time when it first came out in, in 83. But I'm going with a song from Under Lock and Key. I had In My Dreams as the song, but I've swapped it out. And Unchain the Night is the song that I'm going with at number five. I'm going to give one moment in time here. I saw Dokken the first time. They opened up for Twisted Sister. Under Lock and Key was, uh, was out, and Twisted Sister was on their uh, Come Out and Play tour. And Dokken comes out, and the first song they play is Unchain the Night. And just, you know, just the whole beginning of the opening of that song, Don's vocals are phenomenal. And then, of course, you got George Lynch. I mean, musically, when you got like Jeff Pilson playing the bass and, and Wild McBrown on the drums, this band was magic. Why these guys weren't bigger than they were. Uh, they always seemed to kind of be second fiddle behind, you know, some of the other popular bands like, you know, Motley Crue and, and so on. But uh, yeah, that's my pick. Uh, Unchained the Night from Dokken at number five. Playlister Greg Platt had written in another Dokken tune, It's Not Love. Yeah, That's so, a great one, too. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, I did not go with Dokken. I had a Dokken member bouncing in and out of my top 10 because it is one of my favorite songs of the 80s. And I was praying to God somebody picked it so I could have an easy shoe in for an honorable mention. But <laughs> unless unless you have it later, Lynch Mob's Wicked Sensation is like one of my favorite George Lynch riffs ever. The song just bleeds out of the speakers. So awesome. Anyway, I did not do another Dokken song because I had Wicked Sensation bouncing in and out. But I love the pick. Gomez, it did not make my list because I wasn't very familiar with Dokken. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie on this. I will have to listen a little bit more. As Gomez, I'll tell you one song right now that you do know by Dokken, and you don't one? know you know it, but when I say it, you'll know it. Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, I think it was four, uh, three. Dream Warriors. Oh, it was three. three. Dream it was Warriors. Three. Dream Warriors. Really? That was Dokken. That's Dokken. Wow. Okay. So see, now that just blew my mind. Right now, <laughs> I didn't realize that was Dokken. Seriously. Yeah, so that song, wow. I said, that's that, but they're they're one of those bands, like Jim said, you, you, they just didn't for some reason become more of a common household name, and they should have. Yeah, I mean, it, it does happen. All wow. right, so I, I'm just mind blown now. I have to watch that movie. He's gonna watch that movie, <laughs> listen to Tesla. We got you. You getting homework after this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just texted you a picture of my notes in my notebook right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what do you got going for your track five, Gomez? So track five. So I kind of, I think I might have goofed on my playlist, but I'm going to stick to my guns and, you know, I might get ripped a little bit, but I might not. So I went with another awesome band, of course. I, I At least I like them a lot. I went Skid Row, 18 in life for track Why five. would anybody rip you on that one? Because I went back to back, almost kind of like ballad songs. Oh, no, 18 in life it might be slower, but it ain't no damn ballad. No, at it's all. not. But that, but some people might think it is. Some people, like me, I didn't think it was, but some people might think it is. But all right, I, I kind of went with it. Uh, first of all, the song was Skid Row's biggest hit, even though they had a bunch of other great songs too. But this one reached the number four in the U.S. Billboard 100. It reached the number eleven in the mainstream rock tracks, 
It was certified gold on September 13, 1989, when it sold over 500,000 copies. Number five, Skid Row, 18 in life. Right now, I've got my honorable mention picked because I was uh, Skid Row is another one of those ones. I I would have probably, with my list, leaned more towards Piece of Me, but 18 in Life, man, that song is so friggin' powerful. That song rocks. I mean, and and I'll tell you, if the album didn't come out in '91, I would have easily put Monkey Business on my list because anytime I make an '80s hard rock playlist. Monkey Business is one of the first five songs that plays, but I literally was honest to the years and cut it off in 1989. But yeah, 18 in Life, probably one of my top three favorite Skid Row tunes. Love it. Unfortunately, didn't make my list, but I think I've got that penciled in for my honorable mention so far. I actually have a couple from you with my honorable mentions tonight, don't I, Brian? Yeah. That's rare. (laughs) Jim? Yeah, I mean, 18 in Life is a great song. You can't, I mean, it, it still gets played on the radio today. Though I do kind of like their 90s stuff more. I mean, the the first album's great, but, you know, uh, Slave to the Grind. I mean, I would have gone, like, if we were talking about, like, 90s stuff, Slave to the Grind might make on my top 10 list. Uh, Subhuman Race was in the underrated rock book, so, so of course, uh, you know, I'm, I'm obviously uh, a fan of their music. And, and their stuff was so much, what people don't realize is how heavy some of their stuff was. And, you know, when you have 18 in Life and I Remember You, uh, were like, you know, great songs that were, you know, great hard rock songs. But a lot of people don't realize how heavy Skid Row could be. Uh, you know, a, the casual fan might not know it, but, you know, the people that were true fans, uh, Big Guns would have probably been a song that was probably would have been my one in my top 20. But 18 in Life, you can't go wrong with that. And I also want to give a shout out to Eric Schmidt, who chimed in with Youth Gone Wild, another great one from that album. All right. So with that being said, we are moving on to my track five. Well, look, we've covered this band before, and I had a hard time pairing this band down to 10 songs. And if you want to go back to episode 12, you can hear everything I've got to say about this song on our Motley Crue episode with Derek from the IF and Love This Record podcast. And I went with the opening track from 1987's Girls, Girls, Girls album, Wild Side. My favorite Motley Crue riff. I just absolutely love this song. You know what? Everything I, I want to say about it, I said back on episode 12. So go listen to that. Cover versions, even though it's country, Gretchen Wilson, I said this on the episode, but I am going to say it again. She rocked the hell out of it in a really cool country-esque country rock version on Nashville Outlaws, a tribute to Motley Crue. I also want to give a shout out to Eric Plowman and the Pop Culture Yearbook who chimed in with Home Sweet Home, different Motley Crue tune, and Chael, who chimed in with Dr. Feelgood, another good Motley Crue song. So anyway, track five, Motley Crue, Wild Side. Brian, awesome pick. Um, and you know, there was a huge movie reference on that one, on episode 12. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to mention it. because I No, want don't people, spoil it. Don't spoil it. I want you guys to go check out episode 12 and listen to this huge, mind-blowing movie i mentioned just it's a cliffhanger it's the deepest movie bomb drop you did on this show so far yeah it was because it was a it's just oh you gotta go check it out guys (laughs) so did motley crew make your top 10 for me no unfortunately did not i actually went somewhere else with my list as you can see all right jim uh motley crew did not make my top 10 list although i think the problem i had was I had so many songs that I could possibly choose from from Motley Crue 
that that's what did it did it for them to not make my list um, because I just couldn't come up with one that I could slide in there. Uh, although Wild Side, I completely forgot about. But, uh, you know, Girls, Girls, Girls was a possibility. Uh, Kickstart My Heart was another one. Shout out the devil. I mean, they had so many great songs. And I think because of all the great songs that they had, they got kicked outside of my top 10. Wow. Wild Side, too. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, the needle rolls off the end of side one and we flip that bad boy over and we're right back at it with side two. Jim, track six. Well, track number six, which keep with the theme of Los Angeles uh, hair metal bands. I'm going to go number six with the band Rat song from a song from Dancing Undercover, which is probably my favorite Rat album. Although, you know, the the first two are great, but the song I'm going with is, is Slip of the Lip. There's just something, I mean, I could have easily gone with songs like Dance, for example, because that was obviously one of the more popular songs on there. But there's something about the song Slip of the Lip, the groove that's in there that, you know, just kind of I've always every time that song goes, comes on. It's just one of those things. I just stop. I'll stop everything that I'm doing to listen to that track. So number six is uh, Rat in uh, Slip of the Lip. Uh, Great pick. I do have Rat on my track list. I is my closing trackless rat wanted man. Ooh. Yeah. I went a little, yeah. Everyone thought I was going to say round and round. I know usually I pick the most popular songs, but I went somewhere different. <laughs> Can we just it, talk about the Geico commercial where the drum set just keeps getting smaller and smaller? Yes. <laughs> that, but you know, it was in another movie though, Brian, it was featured in a soundtrack in 1985. Ready to get your mind blown again. Wait, is this wanted man or round and round? No, Wanted Man. I went okay. with Wanted Man. You ready for this one? 1985's Weird Science with Anthony Michael Hall. Really? It, yes. It was in their soundtrack. It featured in the soundtrack, but it was also out of Rat's album, Out of the Cellar. You know, little side notes. It it reached number 87 in the Billboard Hot 100. This song was actually going for like almost like a, if anybody's seen the music video, like a Wild West theme. You know what I mean? Guys playing poker, gunfights, stuff like that. But truly a great song. I did like the way it sounded. I close it out. Rat wanted man. Unfortunately, I get to be the trifecta killer here. Oh, I had a hard time with this. If I, I had a rat song again, if I'm scrolling down the page in my songs that were bopping in and out and, I, and I'll be curious to hear what you guys think of this one. Cause neither of you even mentioned the name, but way cool. Junior was the introduction of horns and rat a little too much of a sheen Jim that, that a lot of people don't really think about that. So I just love that friggin' riff so much you know i think it's a cool song it took me a while to kind of get into like that song and uh and, and some of the other you know songs from that particular album i'm not sure i, I really kind of lost them after like the dancing undercover album although you know after listening to um you know some of their later stuff afterwards especially when they kind of you know went on with some of the stuff they did in the 90s and even in the 2000s they just always were pretty consistent i would say but yeah i mean way cool jr is, is a good song it's one of those songs that's obviously grown on me but uh would, would not make my uh top 20 list we'll say if uh if i had a chance to put other other songs out there for rat all right well gomez we're back to you for your track six now so my track six i went with a i guess you could call them the 1980s glam band twisted sister but i didn't go with their two most popular songs I went, you can't stop rock and roll on this one. It's from their second studio album from uh, 1980s, uh, 1983. I apologize. 
There were songs that the kids are back. I am, I am me. This song had something else. Like you just really can't stop rock and roll. Look at us now in 2021 rock and roll still exists. And it was also in one of my favorite 2010 films, Jackass 3D. They were playing the song during the opening credits. Mm -hmm. So truly great song. Great band. I I do like Twisted Sister. I know everyone probably would have thought, I would have went with uh, We're Not Gonna Take It or um, I forgot the other song. The Rock! Yes. (laughs) You know, which came out of, uh, what movie was that from? Uh, Road Trip. Yep, we're um, on the bus. We're on the well, bus. I mean, it came out a lot longer than before. Yeah, Herb's but trip, but, yeah. <laughs> but it was one of those fun movies you remember. So I went with Twisted Sister, Track Six. You can't stop rock and roll. Man, that's a tough one. Twisted Sister didn't make my list, but I I love that pick, especially the fact that you went outside of the two that most people would chime in with. And then and there's there's some people that don't even know I want to rock and would try to argue to anybody that Twisted Sister is a one hit wonder. They're really not. No. And this is another example of another great song from them. Unfortunately, they did not make my list, but I do have something in my track six that's twisted, but I'll, I'll save that. Jim, did Twisted Sister make your list? Twisted Sister, unfortunately, did not make my list, but uh, You Can't Stop Rock and Roll is a kick-ass song. Uh, I, I will say I do like Twisted Sister. My pick that would, would have probably fell in my top 20 is uh, Shoot Em Down from uh, Under the mm. Blade. Yep. Uh, that's yep. a that's a great song, but uh, yeah, I mean, Twisted Sisters just a just a killer band altogether. Sometimes a little misunderstood, but uh, oh, yeah. you know, and obviously they're always kind of lumped in with their two biggest hits, and that's it. But they were they were so much more than that, and and some of their songs were deeply like really heavy stuff. So but, that's why I went outside the box. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> so I, I teased a twist in my track six, and it, and I'm not lying. Because I am going for a song that was originally written for the band Sam Hain. But in 1988, on the Rick Rubin-produced Danzig album, Glenn Danzig opens up the album with one of my favorite hard rock songs of the 80s, and that would be Twist of Cain. Little fun fact about this song, James Hetfield of a little band called Metallica, maybe you heard of them, came down and recorded backing vocals for this song as well as possession from the album. However, because of contractual obligations, he did it uncredited. So this is like your Eddie Van Halen beat at guitar solo, having James Hetfield of Metallica singing backing vocals on your tune. And you could hear it in the growls of Twist Cane. When people hear Danzig, they automatically usually go to Mother, another great song from the album. But I felt like Twist Cane had that groove that I was really trying to go for in my, in my playlist. And this is definitely my deepest cut because... This song didn't chart. It was never released as a single, kind of like Night Songs. But I would say Danzig is on a, not not a lower level by any stretch of the means when you think about the Misfits. But Cinderella was much more accessible to the mainstream than the Danzig album was. But it's an absolutely one of my favorite hard rock tunes. Track six, Danzig, Twist of Cain. Uh, awesome pick, Brian. Um, I probably would have went Mother. You're right. But. Danzig didn't even crack my top 15 list uh, tonight on my track, but great pick, Brian. Jim? That was one of the songs back in my college radio days when that album came out. We used to play the hell out of that one. Uh, I do like that pick. Unfortunately, it did not make my top 10, but that is a great song. Love that song. Awesome. So now with that, track seven. Jim, what do you got for us? Well, track seven is, I'm going to kind of flip the script a little bit here because this is a band 
that prior to the release of this album and this song, they were actually a new wave goth band. And I would be talking about the band The Cult. Uh, They had an album in 1987 called Electric. And the song I'm picking out is a song that I saw uh, saw a music video for, and that was Love Removal Machine. There was just something about this band that kind of went from this. And I I found it very interesting because I I, I was kind of, they kind of had like this whole ACDC kind of stomp. They had a great look about them. Like it was, uh, you know, it was kind of strange, but they were kind of like a little bit all over the place with their, with their look kind of, are they new wave? Are they kind of punkish? Uh, you know, but here they are playing like ACDC style riffs and Ian Asbury is one of my favorite singers. When I, when I first heard him, you know, that was it for me. I became a huge fan only to find out later from, uh, there was a girl I was dating at the time and she had a, an uncle that was really into like a lot of new wave stuff. And he was the one that actually introduced me to the earlier cult stuff, which was all the new wave and the, the goth stuff that they had done before that. So they definitely kind of flipped the script. They were really awesome and and the other little side note i want to put here i also had at the time when i bought the electric album they also used to have 12 inches which were like uh like some dance mixes so they had a dance mix of love removal machine and some of the other singles there like wildflower little devil little did i know that they had recorded an album called peace which was really all these remixes before they scrapped all that and rick rubin came in to produce electric but a few years ago they did put out an album. It was a re-release of Electric, but they called it Electric Piece. So it's two CDs. One is the Electric tracks, and then the other CD is what they call the Piece tracks. So all like the new wave stuff of like with the the stuff they were kind of doing, and it was kind of like a pickup between Love. If you think of like Sonic Temple, if you listen to Piece, what you get from Sonic Temple is kind of like where they were kind of going, but they kind of stripped all that out and kind of went for that kind of raw rock sound with electric but uh, love removal machine is my number seven pick i love the band they actually made my road trip list for playlist wars back when we had sean morton on as a guest unfortunately they did not crack this list but i love the band and i love the pick gomez and it did not make my list either all right so then with that being said we are back to you for track seven so track seven I went with a song that's been in movies, commercials, all this great stuff. I went with Quiet Riot, Metal Health, Bang Your Head. The band's second top 40, peaking at number 31 at Billboard 100. If you are a movie buff like I am, you've heard it in two movies, the original and the remake of Footloose. That's one spot. It was also the opening credits for a crank in 2006. It was in the movie, the wrestler as he's walking out to go to the ring. It was also a TV commercial for a Hyundai, which kind of surprised me and a little shout out to Lauren from the beard Al podcast. Weird Al performed the song as part of his 1985 puck on polkas from his album, dare to be stupid. Um, it was also in a video game, a couple of video games, the professional wrestling video game showdown legends of wrestling in 2004. And of course, one of my personal favorite video games, 2006, Grant that thought of Vice City Stories. It was in the uh, radio station V-Rock. And last but not least, another great video game, Guitar Hero Encore, Rock the 80s, Guitar Hero Live, and Rock Band Blitz. What can you say, man? It was all over the place. Great song, great times. Track 7, Quiet Riot, Metal, Health, Bang Your Head. 
Man, that's that's a tough one to leave off my list. Uh, I, like I said, I had a, I've talked about this on other episodes. I had a chance to meet Frankie Benali, and he was one of the most down to earth, awesome musicians I've ever met in my life. I'm so bummed he's passed. Uh, unfortunately, as much as Quiet Riot was definitely a consideration, it didn't make my list. Jim, uh, Quiet Riot did not make my list, and it was kind of a hard sell. I mean, it, it, they were definitely a very talented band. It just for some reason, and they had great songs. I mean, Metal Health is a, is a great song uh, in its own right. But for some reason, Quiet Riot doesn't really do a whole lot for me. Uh, and I've even seen, I've even had an opportunity to see them live. The, uh, you know, the, the, the original or the, the main for the, the Metal Health uh, uh, version of Quiet Riot. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, not in my top 10. So we are going back now to my track seven, and I'm going to go with another group that we've covered here on Playlist Wars before. So I'm going to keep this real brief. Head back to episode 22 to hear our Guns N' Roses episode with John Pritchard of the Well-Disguised Podcast, and you'll hear me talk about this track from 1987's Appetite for Destruction. My track seven, Guns N' Roses, It's So Easy. (laughs) From that opening bass line to... The end of the track. I say it all on that episode. I don't want to repeat myself, but I do want to give a shout out to Leo Allen and Chael, who chimed in with Paradise City and said, you could pick any song off Appetite for Destruction. And for me, I just went with it so easy because it was so easy to do. Track seven, (laughs) Guns N' Roses. It's so easy. (laughs) Uh, It's a great pick, Brian. Unfortunately, uh, Guns N' Roses did not make my top 10 on this one. Because wow, okay. you know what it is? I wanted to shock people. And when it comes to music, you know, I pretty much stick with the hits. But I went exploratory on this one a little bit. And I like I kinda, it. I like it. And wait till you hear my number eight. You're really going to. I think you might. I might hear your mouth drop Hold on, on the table. Wait, wait, wait. No, no. I'm not. I'm just saying. That's all I'm saying right now. That's okay. all. I'm, I'm not. Teaser. It's a teaser. A, we'd be going to a commercial break normally at this point. Yes. But anyway. <laughs> Jim, did Guns N' Roses make your playlist? Uh, I'll tell you what, that that was a song that was, uh, the, the pen almost hit the paper on that one to crack the top 10. I, I'm going to say it's probably a hard 11 because that is that is a great song. And, and, after, and actually, Appetite for Destruction is one of those albums that like I loved it when it first came out. And I think today, Outside of it's so easy, I like I could almost not listen to the rest of the album, and and I'm just being not dead honest about that. That is wow. such a tremendous song. I mean, it's heavy. It's kind of got like a punk thing to it. You know, it, it's just so cool and abrasive, and uh, it's one of those songs that you you know you crank it up to offend the neighbors, and uh, you know, definitely a great choice. Awesome. So, Jim, with that said, we're back to you for track eight. Okay, track eight. This is another band that I consider one of the most underrated and underappreciated bands of all time. I got when I got into college, this was uh, this was a band that I first heard and fell in love with, basically. And I'm going from an album that they have known as Gretchen Goes to Nebraska. The band is King's X, and the song is Pleiades. Obviously, I could have gone with Over My Head or Summerland, which are probably their two more well-known songs but pleiades if you listen to that song it kind of encompasses everything that's great about this band the musicianship the vocal harmonies they kind of have this classic rock prog rock element to their sound and and this kind of in my opinion this song at that point 
of the time in the 80s when they first came out kind of encompasses a lot of everything that they were that they were kind of doing. Obviously, always a misunderstood band, why they were never more popular than they than they actually became is going to always be a mystery with this band. But number eight is Pleiades from King's X. Jim, having interviewed you and talked to you several times in the past, I am not surprised to see that one in there. And I feel and I felt guilt even prior to this moment because I knew King's X was going to land somewhere in your list and I don't have it in mind. And I apologize. But everything you said about them is 100 percent on the money. They are so underrated. I I guess I got another band to listen to because it did not make my list. I wasn't very familiar with them. But I guess I'm going to be doing a lot of homework this whole week. Oh, dude, King's X is a trip. When you go down that rabbit hole, mm-hmm. you're gonna, mm-hmm. you're not going to know which turn to make when you're in the rabbit hole because okay. they really cover a lot of ground musically. And you may not okay. come back. If I don't come back, uh, I love everybody, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gomez. Well, you were teasing it, so the floor is yours. What's your track eight? So track eight, I went with the band Europe. And no, I did not go with the final countdown. <laughs> I think we would have turned your mic off. No, okay. <laughs> I, I, I probably would have turned my own mic off on that point. But I went Rock the Night. But it, it is off the final countdown album. First of all, truly great song. I do like Europe. This was actually probably one of my second favorite songs from the 1985 album. Actually, it was only in one, no, one movie and one video game that I know of. The song included in the 2000 film Hot Rod. And uh, in the European version of the Nintendo DS game, Guitar Hero on Tour. So I went with track eight, Europe Rock the Night. I actually like that song more than the final countdown. Uh, it's my favorite, my favorite track on the final countdown. And I had the 45 originally. That was the song that introduced me to Europe. I know they were around prior to that. If I were to have picked a Europe song, it would have been between that and Superstitious from the Out of This World album. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's a great pick. And I'm, and I'm, Actually, thankful you didn't go with the final countdown because there's just so much with that song Ugh. and we don't have enough time to cover it. <laughs> no, I would actually need an episode alone for Europe, the final countdown, just movies, shows, commercials, video games, uh, you name it. It's all over the place. Yeah. So, Jim, Europe. Uh, I was never much of a Europe fan. I, I will say I, I did like the um, uh, final countdown. Uh, I was not much of a fan for the song Rock Tonight. I actually, one of the 45s that I owned at that time from Europe was the song Carrie. And yep. I thought that was a, I thought in my opinion, that was a, that was a great song. Uh, unfortunately, uh, no Europe has made my top 10. All right. So with that being said, we are on to my track eight. And I'm actually shocked that we've gotten this deep into 80s hard rock and not said this band's name yet. To me, when you think hard rock and you think the 1980s, it's one of the first images that comes to my mind. This song reached number 13 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. And it's the third single from 1984's 1984. And I'm going with Van Halen's Panama. Eddie Van Halen said the song was inspired by ACDC's straightforward three-chord rock style. And if... Eddie Van Halen was going to do anything quote unquote straightforward. He really knocked it out of the park with this riff because it it's just badass. It rocks. I mean, it's definitely the heaviest song on 1984, maybe up against Hot for Teacher. I could have went with that. I'll wait. But sitting in my playlist, I wanted to go with one that got your head going up and down. And that's Panama. 
cover version. I've mentioned this group before. Steven Seagulls. They jam a bluegrass version on their 2018 album, Grainsville. You don't expect to think that bluegrass and Van Halen would work well together, but these guys are such great musicians, they actually make it work. And finally, a shout out to Leo Allen and the Media Math Podcast, who also chimed in with Panama. So that is my track eight, the mighty Eddie Van Halen and Van Halen, Panama. Brian, Panama was with David Lee Roth, wasn't it? Yes. Okay, because I know there was... Uh, David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar, but I think Sammy took over in the 90s, didn't he? No, Sammy T- Hagar took over on the next album after 84 with 5150. Oh, okay. I can't remember. It's it's always a blur with these guys. Well, you better get on it because we have a Van Halen episode coming up uh, well, with our good friends at the Great Song Pod later this uh, fall. So, Well, don't worry about that. I will take care of that when that <laughs> time comes. But I did have a Van Halen on my track list. Oh, so and- we're closing you out then. Yes, you are closing me out tonight. And I went with a different song from Van Halen. I didn't go with Panama. I didn't go with Hot for Teacher. But I went with Everyone Wants Some. One of my favorite songs off one of my favorite, favorite movie. I already know the movie. I can't. I, can't, I, I just can't. I see a singing claymation hamburger right now. <laughs> exactly. With David Lee Roth's voice and Eddie Van Halen guitar. And it was off the movie by John Cusack, Better Off Dead. The, the movie was great, first of all. I want my $2. <laughs> I remember how the movie started. He was John Cusack was in this restaurant, and <laughs> he had a pig hat on. And then he goes, everybody wants something, just the way he said it. And then you hear the song, you hear the guitar, and you hear David Lee Roth singing the song, you know what I mean, as a claymation burger. And John Cusack is like the mad science, like Frankenstein. Truly a great, great 80s hair band song or rock, hard rock song, whatever you want to categorize it. It was just great. So track nine, Van Halen, everybody wants some. I want some too. You're not going to do the high note after the no, two? No, 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 <laughs> I, I, I can't. Dude, you know that. My voice is too deep. <laughs> Well, Jim, we've got a crossover for Van Halen. Do we have a trifecta? We do not have a trifecta. Oh, although, whoa. although, and and the, Van Halen did not make my top ten. And early Van Halen, I've I've grown to appreciate a lot of Van Halen now. I was not a fan in my teenage years, but then I was a big Sammy Hagar fan. So when Fifty One Fifty came out and Sammy was the lead vocalist, uh, I I instantly became a fan. Saw Van Halen live. Later on, got into the the weird thing was I didn't really care much for David Lee Roth and Van Halen, but then I liked them as a solo performer and actually saw him live too. So go figure, you know, it, it was kind of weird for me. But then eventually I got into all the Van Halen stuff. But the one song that would have made my top 20 list from Van Halen is Summer Nights from 5150. Oh, mm. all right. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, David Lee Roth, when you just mentioned seeing him on tour, if you happen to see the skyscraper tour in 88 with poison opening, that was my first ever concert. Yes. And that's when that would, that would, that would have been the one where he, uh, he was, uh, doing a California girls. He comes up on the surfboard. Yep. He comes across mm-hmm. the crowd. That's uh, that's classic. I, I still remember that. All right, Jim. Well, now we Gomez's playlist is completely closed. So we are back to you for track nine after I chose Rush's Tom Sawyer and Gomez had Everybody Wants Some by Van Halen. What do you got for track nine? Okay, well, for number nine, 
I'm going to go with a band that was, uh, when I first started, uh, you know, really getting into rock music, you know, one of the first bands I got into was Kiss and then Cheap Trick. And the next band after that was Aerosmith. And so I was, I was really big into Aerosmith. And then of course they kind of fell out of favor. And then the eighties, they make their comeback. And the one song when I'm, again, I keep going back to my college radio days because played, played a lot of hard rock and, and metal during that time. But the song that stands out for me that made my top 10 at number nine is the song fine Whoa. that song. And I believe that's mm. the second, that's the second track off of pump. And when that song kicks in, it's just got that stomp that you're just like, it's just one of those party type songs that kind of gets things going. Uh, obviously not a, uh, a, you know, one of their big hits, but for any fan of Aerosmith that enjoys that pump album, I would say that's probably one of their, one of the songs that people definitely get into as, as a highlight on that album. Pump is my absolute favorite Aerosmith album. And whenever we do a Playlist Wars episode on Aerosmith, I can guarantee you there'll be multiple tracks off of Pump. For me, I love Fine. My favorite track on the album, believe it or not, is Voodoo Medicine Man, which okay. was another not hit, but the song yeah. just has this ridiculous groove to it. The whole album's fantastic. I, I really feel like it was their peak. It yes. was like the, everything they did right on Permanent Vacation, they just, they were sober. They had this newfound energy about the band and i feel like they just got it right with pump it's just such a fantastic album i've got it framed on my wall it's just one of my favorite hard rock albums and unfortunately did not make my top 10 and it sucks because now that song is fighting with 18 in life for my honorable mention spot and gomez if you want to say anything about it because i know it obviously didn't make your list no i didn't make my list but i'll tell you there were I probably would have out of that album. I probably would have went with "Love in the Elevator," "Love in an Elevator," or uh, "Janie's Got a Gun." Two of my favorite songs, but the other two are two other great songs. And actually, "Don't Get Mad Get Even" was another good song mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean, that whole album was re- that Pump album was unbelievable, great for Aerosmith. If we ever did an Aerosmith one, I probably would have at least two or three songs out of this album easily. All right. Well, we are down to the last two for track 10. Gomez, yours is Rats Wanted Man that we said before. So, Jim, our esteemed guest, why don't you close us out with your track 10? Well, this was the toughest one to get to number 10, right? So, And I had to really dig, not necessarily dig deep, but it's like, what song really stands out to me uh, that, that could close my, my playlist? And I went with a Def Leppard track from Hysteria, and that song is Rocket. and I'm a, I'm a Def Leppard fan. I've seen Def Leppard bunches of times. Uh, Pyromania is a great record. Hysteria is a great record. I mean, you can't go wrong. I mean, there's, there's very few bands that could put out two tremendous albums. But Rocket stands out just from the production quality and everything that they, they kind of threw everything at that song. Um, I recently saw something with Joe Elliott about, I think it was Joe Elliott and Phil Cullen, talking about how they you know the whole production of that and what they did with different songs and kind of playing tracks backwards like the you know some of the vocals for some other songs they kind of did stuff backwards it was just so amazing to hear and then when you sit there and listen to the song you know and it's like you know six plus minutes of you know all these different things and it's really compared to some of the other i mean and they've had some amazing tracks but this one kind of stands out almost like what queen would have done 
with a lot of their tracks with, you know, they just kind of put all these different sounds in there and it's just an amazing song. And even today, when I listen to that song, it's like, you know, I can go through the radio or Sirius XM and play, you know, Def Leppard songs will come on and I'll play it, listen to it and play. But when rocket comes on, that's the only song that I'll listen to from start to finish, you know, uh, every time. Uh, so that closes out my top 10. It's Def Leppard and rocket. Well, I first want to give a shout out to Lauren at the Beard Owl podcast because she had another one from Hysteria. She had Animal, Mm -hmm. which is another great track. And our friends at Pop Culture Yearbook who chimed in with Rock of Ages from uh, Pyromania. Um, Great tunes. I did not close out with Def Leppard, so I will have a different song to close mine with. But I love the pick. And it's another one of those bands like how can you not put Def Leppard in? This was a struggle because there's so many. The 80s truly was just an unbelievable decade for hard rock music, probably one of the best ever. And yeah, it was just really damn near impossible to to narrow it down. But I love the pick. Gomez? Truly awesome pick. I do love it. I wish it was on my top 10 list. But as you heard all mine tonight, I closed mine a little early. It did not make my list. All right. So we're down to last song of the night, my track 10. Once again, this is a song that I have closed the playlist with here on Playlist Wars. And I'm going to go back to episode 11 here. This song reached number four on the U.S. mainstream rock charts. And that's the only thing I'll say about it because everything else I had to say. I said with our good friend Pat Francis of the Rock Solid podcast on our ACDC episode from 1981, the title track to For Those About to Rock, We Salute You. I wanted to close with Angus Young melting my face and melting the speakers and a 21 gun salute, just blowing the whole friggin' thing to smithereens track 10 ACDC for those about to rock. We salute you. Uh, awesome song. Again, it was not, it was hard not to put ACDC on my track list. One of their greatest songs and watching them live hearing that song live was unreal, which I got the chance to, share with you brian actually one of the shows that was all the black ice tour man unbelievable yes they were so on for, uh, duh, they were on fire that night they rocked it dude i mean and i i can't thank you enough for allowing me to go to that show you know what i mean and i, uh, I the, the 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 uh the brendan Byrne allowed you to go i i just well, bought the extra ticket <laughs> well that too <laughs> but uh you know it was an honor and truly to to open my eyes to some of these bands especially from the 80s at that time was unreal so it was very difficult, but you know, like you said in our episode, our earlier episode with ACDC, we talked very highly and, and a lot about them. Well, Jim, it obviously didn't make your list, but if you want to chime in on this one, it, it did not make my list. But the interesting thing was, uh, ACDC, in my opinion, kind of fell in the same bucket as Motley Crue, where there, there were so many great songs to choose from. Who do you, which song do you pick? But I will say that ACDC was in my thought process when I was pulling this together. And for those about to rock was the one song that I had at the top of my list as an ACDC song. However, it it does not make the top 10. It's easily within the top uh, 15 for sure. All right. Well, with that being said, I do want to give a couple of quick shout outs here to some of the playlisters who wrote in. On Twitter about this topic, Fat Dave wrote in with the Bullet Boys, Smooth Up In Ya. Great song. Carla Temis and Leo Allen both chimed in with Bon Jovi's Wanted Dead or Alive. I know, Gomez, you picked Raise Your Hands. I forgot to... I forgot to mention it, too, so I apologize, guys. 
All good, all good. Mary wrote in with Dio, either Rainbow in the Dark, Holy Diver, Last in Line, or Dream Evil. I, mm. I mean, yeah. How can you? Yeah, there's like there's no denying it. Yep. Uh, the Records and Band podcast. This was an interesting one. Gerard McMahon, Cry Little Sister from the Lost Boys. That actually would have been on my number 18 of my honorable mentions. That was one that didn't even come on my radar when they wrote that in. I was like, nice, nice. Dave from the Beer in Front podcast chimed in with Judas Priest breaking the law. The Cult Connections podcast chimed in with Poison, Talk Dirty to Me. Leo Allen also chimed in with Scorpions, No One Like You. And another Scorpions pick from our friend Kelly Madden, The Zoo. And finally, our good friend Anthony, otherwise known as Monkey Noodles, chimed in with Wasp, Blind in Texas. Mm, Nice. Very nice. So now's the time. Thank you to everybody that chimed in with those. Those are all awesome. Now's the time of the episode where we put our money where our mouths are. Is. (laughs) Are. Whatever, whatever. And we're talking in a, in a. I have to figure out how to say that moving forward. But we're we we are each individually going to put our money where our mouth is now. Honorable mention time. You could pick a song from either of the two playlists that wasn't yours. Jim, what are you going to choose for your honorable mention song of the night? Well, this is this is a toss up. I'm going to go with uh, for those about the rock from ACDC. All right, all right. Brian, I have three of them, unfortunately. I am now going to flip a coin for I, – I, I'm going to eliminate Living Color Cult of Personality, which is very difficult. I, I love Rush Tom Sawyer and I love Faith No More Epic, and now I'm going to the coin toss. Heads, Faith No More, Rush Tales. Let's see what we get here. And the winner is Faith No More Epic. That is my honorable mention by a coin flip. All right. All right. And mine, I'm not going to coin flip. I was thinking Aerosmith's fine, but I really, truly, truly believe that Skid Row deserves uh, a place on this. And I'm going with 18 in Life as my honorable mention track of the night. Nice. I I very easily could have did Aerosmith. I very easily could have did Def Leppard. I mean, my God, I could have did Billy Squire, Doc and Mm -hmm. Twisted Sister Choir. Like, Jesus Christ, there's a lot of great bands we talked about tonight. So with that being said, Jim, why don't you take us through your track list, track one through 10, and then the honorable mention. All right. Well, my top 10 again in, in the following order. Uh, one was Rush Tom Sawyer. Two, Triumph Fight the Good Fight. Three, Zebra Who's Behind the Door. Four, Billy Squire Learn How to Live. Five, Dockin Unchain the Night. Six is Rat Slip of the Lip. Seven, The Cult, Love Removal Machine. Eight, King's X with Pleiades. Nine is Aerosmith with Fine. Ten is Def Leppard with Rocket. And the uh, honorable mention is ACDC with For Those About to Rock, We Salute You. Gomez? So my track one, we started with Iron Maiden, Wasted Years. Track two, Rush, YYZ. Track three, Bon Jovi's Raise Your Hand. Track four, Whitesnake, Here I Go Again. Track five, Skid Row, 18 in Life. Track six, Twisted Sister, You Can't Stop Rock and Roll. Track seven, Choir Riot, Metal Health, Bang Your Head. Track eight, Europe, Rock of the Night. Track nine, Van Halen, Everybody Wants Some. Track 
10, Rat Wanted Men, and my honorable mention was Fate No More Epic. All right, my track one was Living Color, Cult of Personality. Track two, Cinderella's Night Songs. Track three, Tesla's Heaven's Trail, No Way Out. Track four, Faith No More's Epic. Track five, Motley Crue's Wild Side. Track six, Danzig's Twist of Cain. Track seven, Guns N' Roses, It's So Easy. Track eight, Van Halen's Panama. Track nine, Rush, Tom Sawyer. And track 10, ACDCs, For Those About to Rock, We Salute You, with an honorable mention of 18 in Life. Three very distinct playlists with one band trifecta tonight being Rush, as Jim and I both picked Tom Sawyer and Gomez picked the instrumental classic YYZ. So we have a band and an album trifecta there, and that's the only one of the night, which is fantastic. Now it's time for you the amazing playlisters to head over to playlistwarspodcast.com and vote for which one of the three of us you think got it right. Jim, the author of the underrated rock book and our esteemed guest this evening. Why don't you tell people a little bit more about the book, where people can find it, where people can pick up a copy, because there are so many great albums that when I read the book, I dove back into and I think people are going to really get their eyes open by the material you have in there. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, the uh, underrated rock book, for those that are not familiar with it, it is the uh, 200 most overlooked albums from 1970 to 2015. Uh, book was written back in 2018. Uh, and it basically covers the whole gamut of rock during that 45 year span. And you don't have to be a fan of, you know, if you're a fan of all different types of music, this is definitely a book you want to check out. It's underrated artists, underrated albums, overlooked albums, uh, underappreciated albums. You're going to see a whole gamut of Hall of Fame bands to other bands that you have, may have never heard of. People that have gotten a chance to read the book. Uh, I always like seeing all the different comments that come in because there are people that literally will come back and say, there are so many albums that I didn't even know existed that they, they go back and, and, and relive, you know, like we're talking like the eighties conversation here, for example, uh, it's perfect, uh, perfect example where, you know, people have said, Hey, there's so many, so many albums from the eighties. I didn't even know existed. And this is great. You know? So, uh, hopefully if you go to pick it up, you can check everything out at underratedrockbook.com. Uh, the book is available on Amazon in uh, paperback and in Kindle form. And you can also get it in Kindle form, uh, wherever other books are sold, uh, Books a Million, um, uh, Barnes & Noble, all those different places. But uh, if you go to underratedrockbook.com, you can go there and you can see all the different places uh, where you can uh, purchase the book. But again, uh, Amazon has it clearly on paperback if you want to get the hard copy of it. And also, uh, we have a Facebook page as well uh, at under, you know, just do a search on Underrated Rock Book and feel free to be a fan and uh you know, check out some of the stuff we uh, we do there. And uh, also stay stay tuned because uh, I'm slowly working on volume two of this book, but uh, it's definitely coming along. Nice, nice. Well, I can't thank you enough, Jim, uh, for jumping on the show with us tonight. Brian, as usual, I can't thank you enough for helping me out with everything here and awesome co-host, of course, Brian. But I also got want to thank all the playlisters who have been listening in, chiming in with all the uh, notes for us to chirp in in our show thank you guys and also we'll see you next time when a new battle takes place on playlist wars good night everybody 
You can find Playlist Wars on Facebook and Twitter at Playlist Wars, on Instagram at Playlist Wars Podcast, on email at playlistwars at gmail.com or via voicemail at 201-644-6498. That's 201-644-6498. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review and be sure to tell a friend or multiple friends about the show. Until next time, thanks for listening. And I'm Bethann. And we're She Will Rock You. She Will Rock You is a bi-weekly podcast about rock history. Each episode, we talk about an artist and their lives, but we do it a little differently. You see, we noticed there was a lack of ladies hosting music podcasts, so we wanted to fix it. And here we are, two badass millennial ladies talking about rock music our parents wouldn't let us listen to. As a bonus, you'll even get our beer recommendations at the end. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, don't don't do drugs. drugs!